I don't, I don't know if you uh, know me, but one of the worst things about me is I find myself really funny. <laughs> so no one else finds me funny, but I find myself really funny. And um, I don't, don't know if you have these moments, but you know when you kind of step back from yourself and you, uh, you kind of observe your own actions and you just find it hilarious. You're like, Tom, my word, what are you doing there? Like that, what you've just done is ridiculous. It's not even embarrassing, it's just really funny. Um, I kind of had one of those moments when I was preparing this talk. So, I was in my room just like chilling out one evening, and um, out of nowhere, I felt a prompt from the Holy Spirit to just spend some time with God. I felt a prompt just to pray, and uh, I felt like God was saying, Tom, come chat with me. Um, so I was like, alright. So, uh, I went upstairs, got my Bible, went downstairs, I was in the house alone, so I thought, you know, I'll splash out and pray in the, in the lounge, there's more room. So I had my Bible, went downstairs, and then I went into the, uh, into the living room, if we go up the first slide, and I, uh, and I put my Bible down on the sofa, and I don't know if you can see that, but that's where I put it down, took pictures afterwards because I found it funny, and uh, Put it down, and then I thought, right, I'm going to pray now. But then I looked around to the other sofa, which I was going to sit on, because I had all my stuff on that one, and I saw another book over there on the other sofa. And that wasn't a good thing to see at that time, because I was halfway through a chapter, and it was quite a good book, I was enjoying it, so I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just get the end of that chapter out of the way, so that, you know, it's not in my head, and then I'll go and pray, and there'll be no distractions. Um, so I picked the book up, and I sat on the other sofa just there. And uh, I was reading, and I read a couple of lines, and I was like, Tom, you idiot. What? Why are you doing this? You want to be a person who's chasing God. You want to be a person who's relying on the Holy Spirit, who says yes to God, whatever he says, whenever he says. And here you are. God said, come spend time with me. And you're just reading this other book. What are you doing? So I put the book down. I thought, all right, now I'm going to pray. And then, I made the crucial error of looking at my nails. No, but, like, as we all know, like, nails can be quite distracting, can't they? I mean, we normally learn this at school. Girls normally uh, know it, they need the accessory to be distracted by nails, they need the, the nail file. So when you've got a bit of work you don't want to do when you're at school, girls just file their nails, and they're like, oh, sorry, I couldn't finish your myths, but my nails need to be filing. And that's what they do. Boys learn it slightly differently, I think. Um, they learn that nails can be distracting by biting their nails to get them in their detached form. Um, then they chew them a bit to get them to the optimum rigidity and then flick them at each other and get distracted from work. Oh, no one else did that at school. Um, anyway, I was distracted by my nails. I was like, oh, they're a bit long. Um, should probably clip them. So I went upstairs, got my nail clippers, went downstairs, went into my lounge again and uh, went through to the kitchen, and uh, went to chop my nails into the bin. And, you know, I'm not normally a bin man, sometimes I can chop my nails into uh, the sink, or, or even straight down the toilet. But on this occasion, I was a bin man, don't judge me. And um, I'm about to get into my nail, and I think, Tom, what are you doing? The God of the universe, who loves you and made you, has said, come spend time with me. And here you are, thinking, oh, that one's a bit long, isn't it? Oh, what a nightmare. So now, I come into my living room feeling like a bit of a numpty. I'm like, right, Jesus, now I'm going to talk to you. And I read uh, this passage we're going to look at today from Luke 2. 
And I felt like I was reading it for the first time. I really encountered God through it, and I felt like he spoke right to me. Um, and we're going to look at this passage. We're going to look at three characters um, through this passage who are God chasers. They rely on the Holy Spirit for even in tiny things, and they say yes to God, regardless of what is going on in their lives. Um, so we're going to look at, if you turn to Luke 2, um, verse 15, Raddy is going to come and read it to us if Raddy's here. And that's on page 716 of the Bible. Um, Bible's on the table. So Luke 2, uh, chapter 15. Raddy, take it away. Thank you. Verse 15. And the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the things that has happened. This thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of all your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what, had, what was said about him. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Awesome, thanks, Raddy. Now I bet you're thinking, what, Tom, what are you doing? It's not Christmas. That's way too early. Calm down. Um, and yeah, what, what's that other bit about? That, that filler bit in between the Christmas story and the rest of the Bible. Um, before we get into that, I'm just going to quickly pray. So God, by your Holy Spirit, I pray you speak to every one of us today through the word, the Bible, what happened um, all those years ago. I pray you'd affect our lives change our hearts and let every one of us here today what you have to say to us. Thank you that you want to meet with us. Amen. So, I'm going to talk about the shepherds first. The first of the three God chasers that we're looking at. And I, I love the shepherds. You guys probably have heard the story a million times before. When the shepherds came, the angel appeared to them, they came, they went to Mary and Joseph, really excited went out into town to tell anyone they could met about this amazing news um, and then praised and worshipped him. There's two things 
that I really like about the shepherds. The first one is that they are yes men. So the first thing they say to each other right at the start in verse 15 is, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. So basically, God's just said through the angel, go, Jesus is going to be over here in Bethlehem. And straight away, they're like, but God said it's going to be over there, so let's go over there. And they hurry off straight away. They're yes men. I've got a yes man in G2, and he's called Paul Henderson. And basically, whenever I need anything doing, I ask Paul, and he'll go, yes, Tom. And it's brilliant. So last time I spoke, at the last minute, the occasion arose where I needed to pour water over someone, like two minutes before I was speaking. And I was like, oh, flip, who do I ask? Paul, can I pour water all over you in the clothes you're wearing now? You don't have any spare. You haven't brought a towel. Yes, Tom. Brilliant. <laughs> like, on Friday, um, I was cooking for eight people, a surprise meal. I've never cooked for eight people before. I've never even cooked for more than five people before. Didn't know what I was doing. I was like, can I have a hand, Paul? Can you come a bit early? He said, yes, Tom. Of course he said, yes, Tom. He's my yes man. Wouldn't it be amazing if, like Paul, like the shepherds, we were God's yes people, the yes woman or yes man, such that when God sees someone in the world who's sick and he's like, man, I'm just, I need to send one of my people to pray for them so I can heal them. Wouldn't it be brilliant if he, God prompted you, asked you, because he knew you were going to say yes, whatever you were doing. Or if God saw a lonely person and he's like, oh, I just need to send someone from my church to go and comfort that lonely person and give them company. Who shall I ask? I know I'll ask Tom because he's a yes man. He'd say yes to me straight away and he'll go and do it. Wouldn't that be brilliant? The first thing I love is that the shepherds are yes men. The second thing is I love how overwhelmed by God they are. They're like caught up in this like wave moment. So they're running a lot. They run from the fields. They get, they see Jesus. And then they're so excited. They run off again. Like what Mary and Joseph are thinking. These boisterous, dirty shepherds have run in. And then they run out again. They tell everyone, they run back, and they worship God because they've seen Jesus. And right at the end of this passage, in verse 20, it says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They're like, oh, God, when we were running to Bethlehem, we didn't know what to expect. We were nervous, we were excited, but like that angel was pretty big lad, so we think he was legit. And then we got there, oh, it's just like you said it was going to be. Exactly. God, you are amazing. And then they, they share it with everyone. They can't help praising God. They're like so caught up by how amazing God is. He said it, we did it. It was so. It's like they've got this amazing wave moment. So we're going to chat right now with the people on our tables um, and answer the following questions just for two minutes. When have you ever felt like the shepherds? I wonder if you've ever had any wave moments in your life, maybe where you responded to God, you heard something from God, you stepped out, you said yes, and it was just like that. You were like, oh, God, you're so much better than I thought. When in your life have you been most excited and amazed by God? But we're going to stand up. So for two minutes, I want you to stand up and chat about this question with the people next to you. Stand up quick, two minutes, let's go. Alright guys, that's two minutes, don't know if that felt like two minutes, but uh, if you could kindly park your bottoms, that would be much appreciated. 
I, I love hearing stories of those wave moments, the moments where you're most amazed by God. But I don't actually think life chasing God, I don't think life saying yes to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, always feels like a wave moment. I think sometimes chasing God actually feels more like wall moments than wave moments, where it's just really hard, it's really difficult. Because honestly, following God's plan for our lives, it is amazing, but it doesn't always feel amazing. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes I'm saying to God, God, do you know what? I just don't understand. God, I thought it would be different. This, is, this doesn't feel like what I signed up for, and it doesn't feel like what I expected. We're going to look at what following God was like for Simeon and what chasing God was like for Simeon. So if you look um, at verse 25, the first thing we hear about Simeon is he was a righteous and devout man. This is a guy who's chasing God. A guy who's like, God, you know what? I just want what you have for me. I want to live the way you've said. Uh, The next verse says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So this is a guy who hears from God pretty clearly. Um, And he, he responds to God clearly. The Holy Spirit was upon him. But I reckon God saying something like that to you, Jesus is going to come before you die, would be a pretty heavy load to carry. I mean, Simeon's getting quite old because later on it says, now dismiss your servant in peace. Like, he's, he's nearly dead. He's an old guy. And uh, I don't know, when in his life do you think God said this to him? Maybe he carried it, I'm 21, maybe he said, he said that to him when he's 21. His whole life is wondering when God is going to come. I mean, his friends might be dying around him. I reckon he had a lot of warm moments where he thought, do you know what, God, you've, you've made this promise to me, but at the moment I don't see it. I'm not getting any, any younger, God. What, what's going on? This wasn't what I expected. I reckon it would have been hard and there would have been doubt. And then in verse 27 it says, Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So what do you actually think that was like? So he felt a prompting like I did in my room that evening before I wrote this talk. And he went into the temple do you think he just, like, God just told he felt prompted to go to the temple? Or do you think God said to him, right, the Messiah, the Saviour, is going to be there? Either way, I reckon when he got to the temple, he was probably busy, hustling and bustling, lots of families, teachers, people talking. Do you reckon he was scanning them, being like, God, oh, who have you got for me? Which one is it? What, what am I here for, God? It must have been exciting to be in. We were a bit nervous, you know, like, looking around. Oh, who could it be? And then Mary and Joseph walk in. Jesus is 30 or maybe 33 days old. So he's just opened his eyes. Mary and Joseph have just nailed their uh, nappy-changing routine. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're coming to the temple. And he's like, oh, he knows it's Jesus. Like the shepherds, it's just like he was told. He's seen the Saviour before he dies. And then... He says a prophecy to Mary that you can read there that God gives him and he blesses them. Um, and that's, this, that's his encounter with them. That's it. That's his whole place in the Bible. What about Anna? Anna's kind of similar. She, uh, she's a God chaser as well. She's old. Another OAP like Simeon. And the first thing we find out about her 
um, is that she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. I think there would have been a lot of pain there as well. What would her prayers have been like? Maybe she was frustrated with God. God, you know, I thought you'd given me this husband, but he's dead now. We only had seven years. We didn't even get to have kids. I had so many hopes and dreams that weren't fulfilled. I mean, she was a widow. Maybe she was lonely. Maybe she looked for another husband, had some failed relationships. I don't know. She probably didn't have much money. Um, She's probably a pretty vulnerable person in that society. The next line says, She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Now, the book I read about this passage said, we maybe shouldn't take that line completely literally, she never left the temple. But it's pretty clear that she spent a lot of time in the temple, a lot of time chasing after God. Here we are, another God chaser. A lot of time saying, God, I just want you. Then it says, coming up to them at that very moment. It's the very moment Simeon's just taken Jesus in his arms. Just had that amazing moment. Oh, this is the fulfillment of what God has said and I've battled with for so long. Dismiss your servant. Says those well, pretty scary words to Mary, if we're honest. She comes up just then. Now, maybe she knew Simeon. And Simeon was like, Oi, Anna, he's here. We've been waiting for him. Come and have a look. Or maybe she was guided by the Holy Spirit to be there at that moment. I don't know, but either way, it looks like God has kind of orchestrated this thing. And then it says, She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. So she's part of this community with Simeon. Those people waiting for the Messiah that God has told about, waiting for the saviour for their nation and for the world and longing for it. I think both Anna and Simeon would have had a lot of warm moments. I mean, it looks pretty glorious, their part. They turn up, they say these amazing things, they just step in to Jesus and God's big story for a little bit. But man, there must have been some hard things before. And I just got you to share your stories about the uh, kind of high moments, those wave moments where you felt like God has just carried you away and you're really excited about God. But I don't want to hear, just hear, stories about God's power at work or how God spoke to other people. I just really want to experience it. I just really want to hear from God. I don't want to know a lot about God. I just really want to know God himself. Because I don't think that G2 or York or even this whole world needs Christians who are knowledge banks, who have loads of knowledge about God in their head. I think they need God chasers. People who pursue God and say yes to him no matter what it means for their life, no matter where it takes them. Even in the midst of you've been a widow for 60 years. Even in the midst of, oh, I'm just about to die. Even in the midst of I'm pretty busy, God. I'm looking after my sheep. And that naughty one keeps running off. Even in the midst of all of that. You may face some warm moments chasing and following God, saying yes to the Holy Spirit and his promptings. But I promise you, there is nothing better. There is nothing more exciting or more challenging than chasing God with everything you have. So, I really want to pray. In a moment, we're going to pray together because... You know, the the kingdom of heaven, knowing God, isn't a matter of words. It's a matter of experiencing God's power. Um, But before we pray, and Holly's going to lead us in that, I want to say one more thing. 
But if you think this message about chasing God and saying yes to the Holy Spirit isn't for you, then I'm really sorry, but you're just wrong. Look at the people just in this tiny bit of the Bible. We have manual labourers who work long hours for a really low wage, the shepherds. And they can chase God. We have two OAPs waiting to die. They've experienced a lot of pain in their hearts, a lot of waiting in their lives. Maybe some disappointments. You know, old people always have old like, stories about the hard things they got through. My granddad won't shut up about the war. Thinks I should go to military service. They face hard stuff. And we haven't even talked about them, the main people in this. We haven't talked about Mary and Joseph. I mean, they have an unexpected teenage pregnancy. They're just married. They're traveling on a budget. They're traveling around so they don't have their family around them. I don't know, maybe they didn't have the nappy-making routine down. Who knows? But life would have been pretty hard for them. I don't know what's going on in your lives today. Right now, I don't know what your backstories are. But God does. And wherever you are, whatever's going on, whether it's great, bad, or somewhere in between, God is saying to you today, come, I want you to chase me. Pursue me and say yes to me, because you'll find me, and I am worth finding.